you're like me, you might wonder why everyone likes to do so much small talk before they get to the point. Why not just get down to business and just get the work done? So efficient, right? But is what you gain from a transactional conversation with someone and what you might gain in the short term is that actually hurting you in the long run so today we talk with maitha gerlun head of australia network optimization for sendel whose ability to build quick close and long lasting work relationships is something i've always admired she's seemingly able to work with literally anyone even those whom we might consider difficult to work with so i'm going to ask her today how she does it so we can learn something from that and see how best we can do it ourselves but before we begin a couple of quick reminders if you like this episode please do rate it 5 stars and please follow the show so you don't miss out on any of the great guests that we have coming up also if you need a recap after the episode please head over to crazytalk.online to get a full transcript and the show notes so with that said mahita welcome to job talk it's a, it's a pleasure to have you with us today and maybe we could begin with a short intro sure first thanks so much for the invite amit i think any opportunity to speak with you i'll jump on for the rest of the audience here hello my name is maita i always introduce myself as having been born and raised in the city of manila in the philippines i'm a proud filipina but have since also relocated abroad for exciting opportunities professionally I started in beauty marketing, then I took a leap into tech and operations. I don't know what I was thinking, but you know, it was probably a good time. But it absolutely opened the door for me to start working on and in other markets. So this opportunity eventually got me to my first international stint, which is Singapore, where I met you Amit and we worked on the entire Southeast Asia and North Asia, exciting stuff. And this sad event, quote unquote, that turned into another opportunity for me, got me into Australia, where I am now. And I think, on a personal note, right, in parallel to all this professional uh, progress, moving abroad also meant that I was stepping away from a world that I was very familiar with, very comfortable with, my family, and I needed to start my solo adventure. It was daunting and exciting. And I'm sure, like many, these hard decisions and happy accidents also meant that. We met new people, and I think we've also made a lot of friends along the way. So I'm excited to be here, Amit, and thanks again for the invite. Yeah, thanks for being here, Maitha. You mentioned something about making friends along the way, and of course, like you meet people on a personal level, and you might connect with them, and you make friends with them, and hopefully those will be lifelong friendships. But I've often wondered. I'm the kind of person, like I said at the start, who kind of likes to dive in and get the job done or get to the point so why at work do we need to build work relationships versus just you know everybody just be transactional ask your question get your answer and move on yeah how much time would we save right <laughs> yeah yeah so building relationships i think i've witnessed and observed from my parents i didn't understand it back then but i always used to see them go beyond for people even if it was no longer a work thing they would even extend help continue relationships with people they no longer worked with so as a young mate i didn't understand this but it seemed to have had value to my family so it just kind of stuck with me 
Many years later, though, this is what I've started learning. These transactional interactions, for me, they're like the doorway to many opportunities. If you leave it at a transaction, as it is, I feel like it's an unrealized or missed opportunity altogether. Because in almost all contexts, if you leave the transaction as is an exchange, you will be missing out on the opportunity to widen your network, to learn something new, to even like in the process, learn more about yourself, because that's kind of how you do that. You get a reflection from other people. And not to sound cheesy, but for someone again, who relocated from a place where I was so comfortable with my friends and family to a place where I had no community. These transactions allowed me lifelong friendships. I sat next to my teammate who you hired and I didn't know. I asked them, hey, how do you open a Google Sheet and do this formula? And that person just ended up to be a good friend. And to this day, we still talk. So I think building relationships will cost us time and effort and energy. But in the long run, you just don't know what the payoff is. So it's, it's something for us to really, I think, consider. Okay, so I think that's a really good way of putting it, which is if you leave things as a transaction, they just stay where they are versus you have the opportunity to learn more about a person and you don't know where that's going to lead you. So that's kind of well and good. You're sitting next to somebody, both of you work in the same place and you happen to get to talking and then you discover that you have common interests. What do you do? So maybe if you start from the beginning, what does one do if you are joining a company and you're obviously the new person on the block. How do you get started at doing that? Because I'm sure that's something everybody struggles with. You walk into a room and everybody knows everybody else and you know nobody at all. Yeah, so one thing I think that could start the base transaction or the relationship is you knowing the company's product. In my experience, the products have been something I could actually try. So. Take that, but also you should be doing this in the interview stage. <laughs> you should be already doing this. That's a really good point. You're essentially saying that at interview stage, I know you were referencing the point about having learned about the product and the company, but I think if you think about it, that's where you first start building a relationship with anybody at the company at all. So when you land up, at least you should know like the two, three people that you met during the interview. Exactly. And not to encourage what now has a very negative connotation, which is stalking. But there are tools out there where you <laughs> yeah. can basically arm yourself with information about individuals you might be meeting already. So there's a lot of a, a lot of things that you could pick up prior. So I think prep work is part of the process. So say day one, let's do that. I think it's super important to speak with your manager and even your manager's manager to get a sense of what exactly your role is and where it fits in. And this also kind of sets the stage for them to tell you, hey, these are the people you might want to connect with. So from there, it's a matter of, again, listing down these individuals, lining up some time, and even before sending a calendar invite, please drop a note to introduce yourself to say that, hey, I'm new, I'm joining this team. I'd love to speak to you and learn about what you do and just get setting the tone happening right there. That's a very neat tip actually, Maitha, because even if people follow the approach of trying to set up meetings, they're probably just sending an invite. And then it's like this random invite from somebody and you're trying to figure out whether you want to take that meeting or not. And I mentioned email, I guess, because also we're in this circumstance of remote work. 
but in back in the day it could easily be a tap on the shoulder of the person you needed to sit down with to say that hey i'm about to set 30 minutes with you next week if that's okay i'll check your calendar and give a bit of context to what that meeting's all about so even before these meetings then send that email prep get some intel from that known network platform in this particular meeting i think you should also drive the conversation in a sense that you lay out quote unquote an agenda don't make it too free flowy because this person might be like you're wasting my time what do you want from me right now so if you lay it out at the beginning it's very clear to them what the objective is and that this has clear outcome for the individual so i would say start with introducing yourself say that hey i'm going to we could start with introductions i'll go through a bit of my background you can do the same And then maybe afterwards, I'd love to know more about what you do in the company, what you think about, what keeps you up at night, what KPIs you watch, and then you could start edging into, hey, how do you interact with my team specifically in the current form? What's working and what's not working? So this is a way for you also to get some intel on, hey, how does this person work? What is this person's thought around how my team works? then you become like a bit more mindful and insightful even in the early stages. One thing I have to also mention is in your intro, I know it started to sound very cheesy in the last few times I've heard it, but fun fact, maybe change the way you know you say it, but I love inserting something a little personal in my intro rather than just be purely about work. And the reason for that is you don't know if that could trigger another area for you to start connecting on right right i like your thought process about making it more intentional or more structured because you want to make sure that the person feels like they are there is some boundary to this whole conversation and because that's the easy way to get started and then you're also offering up a little bit of a tidbit about yourself which makes it more than just you know like a work meeting let's introduce ourselves so i think all of these are really cool tips okay so this was your first day or your first week and you kind of got to know got to know people and things like that and now it's time to actually get into the flow of working and stuff so that's when you're almost certainly going to be working with other people who are probably not friendlies who are from your team so How do you build relationships with new stakeholders or people that you've not worked with before? So I think going back to what we were talking earlier of the transaction being your opportunity. So in this case, it's kind of essential that you have a sit down with them and it's because of work, right? So that becomes my doorway and here I come <laughs> and I start talking about hey stakeholder introduce yourself if you haven't and I think at the very beginning it's a conversation about that shared goal because then the investment from both sides is also well established being clear on that shared goal making sure that each party myself and my stakeholder were also very clear on what our roles are in delivering or achieving that that goal in that even in my early stage of talking to the stakeholder i often suggest if we could have a regular catch up and i have them somewhat dictate how regular that might be but my point here being whatever it is that might come up for that meeting or not none at all there is that placeholder for future connection but i have to caveat that's the practical side of it because it wouldn't matter 
if you have regular engagements, but then you start off with your stakeholder just wanting to impress, right? I think setting expectations by being transparent and honest about challenges, about progress or updates or successes, that's super critical. And in times when you hit a wall, don't shy away from asking for help. In fact, like use the time with the stakeholder to brainstorm and workshop. And ultimately, I think to gain real respect and trust, you have to show that you're delivering. So this is a really good one as well, because you're right. Most times or at least often times when you, uh, you know, meet a new stakeholder, you feel like your job is to make sure that you are fully in control or give that impression. But what you're saying is actually it's the other way around. You should be building that on a foundation of trust, which means this is what it is. I'm succeeding at some things and not at some. And let's co-create the solution to this, which may make it more likely that they, first of all, I mean, they trust you. So therefore, that's a great foundation. And second of all, you involve them in the work. So they don't just become a stakeholder to whom you're reporting, but they become a co-creator. And uh, that's a much better place to be. And I also just realized that in the exercise of exposing yourself or your weaknesses in collaborating, workshopping, you then start blurring the authority or seniority lines and you guys just become, or girls become just equals, co-workers trying to solve a problem. And this is a personal trick because I'm easily daunted by authority. When I know someone's <laughs> senior, it's like I, I need to impress. But if I expose myself and then I see how they think, it kind of makes me realize that, hey, this is just another person and I should be feeling really open about how I could help or how he could or she could help in that situation. Yeah, good point. So how do you make sure that it doesn't become just transactional? So like, you know, you, from your side, you can certainly do all of this uh, work, but the other person has to meet you halfway. So how do you make that actually happen? It could be a simple, hey, how are you? Before jumping into business matters. In a meeting, you could simply say, hey, you know, how was your weekend? Or if you happen to have picked up something of interest in your intro, like this person loves music, has a pet dog, pick those details up and then use that to start the conversation in a very light manner. This is also super essential, especially if the topic can be quite heavy from a light, how are you, somewhat dilute the intensity of what could be a very, very heavy conversation. I think the conversation or topic can remain heavy, but the way that you're mentally ready for it, right. you can assist yourself in the process of starting pretty casual. But there are some people who are just, just difficult. So what if the other person has that kind of a reputation, which is that they're tough to work with, so in my experience, this could happen two ways. One is you find out about the person's reputation prior to your engagement. And then the other way would have been you've started working together and whoops, you realize this down the line. <laughs> but I think if you had the chance of being quote unquote informed beforehand, I think a one-on-one -on -one to start to again, lay out the groundwork is important. So one-on-one -on -one here with this individual doesn't mean jumping into the project or the endeavor. It means a one-on-one -on -one and let's learn on how we, each other's work styles. Because one thing I realized is tough to work with might not be tough to work with because this person's just choosing to be difficult. It's because they just work differently. 
So I think when I sit down in the one-on-one questions like how do you usually like engaging with others for these collaborative projects or initiatives? How do you usually make sure that you're aligned with the people you're working with? And what do you think I should be doing to ensure that we we go through smoothly? Give them that power, give them that input. This is pretty cool. Because down the line, if anything really doesn't hit the mark, you could always go back to, hey, we discussed this earlier. This is the feedback I got from you. What else could we do differently? So you open up that opportunity. And the second point I think here is really like, ask the person how they like to give and receive feedback. So this is important mainly from me managing a stakeholder because I don't want to come in and think I gave constructive criticism and this person received it not the right way. So I want to know as well how they give feedback because then I could learn from their style of giving feedback and kind of customize the way I provide mine to them. Right. Actually, I think a lot of what you're saying is about how do you shape your, not personality, but actually shape your persona to be more uh, sort of in tune with the person that you're talking to. And I like your point, which is that people don't start out wanting to be difficult or, or just to be a blocker or barrier. It just becomes one of those things when somehow their style doesn't seem to work well for a lot of people. But if you were to put in the effort to understand where they're coming from, you might actually be able to make this thing work better. Now, let's talk about the world of today. You mentioned something about remote working earlier. So it's one thing that you are in office, meeting people, looking at people, you can see the body language, all of that stuff. So how do you do this remotely? Like, how do you make this happen? So I think the principles remain the same, right? But you have to do it with more intention and effort which means that you have to find time in their calendar, set up the call, maybe give them an email or again, a chat to say that, hey, I've set up this time. So there's a bit more effort and intention in that. Now, one thing that I came to discover as working in this remote environment is as we go through the different calls and depending, of course, on what the agenda is, you can take yourself out of your little home office or your usual working spot and take a walk and do your call of doing that or sit outside where they can see that there are trees because just seeing trees, I'll start the conversation with you about, hey, where are you? Hey, it looks really windy out there. Or just seeing trees means that, hey, it's a bit more of a relaxed environment. So of course, you're not gonna do a massive strategy presentation (laughs) in the park, but when it comes to these regular engagements because you are nurturing some relationships, I think, thinking about where you are during this calls can actually help um, ease up those conversations. Actually, I've never heard anybody else say this. You're right. I mean, it gives you a chance to express your individuality in a different way. Uh, I mean, instead of talking about how you like to travel or you like to walk, you're showing people that you're walking. (laughs) You love to walk. I guess in the more structured side of things, I would say, there, I would say that a lot of the remote companies now have their chat platforms. People started their own little interest channels. So back when I was working in the company we were at together, there was a channel dedicated to music where someone every day would drop a new tune and get people to react. That's not work. That was just us bonding and music. In my current company, there's a channel gardening and there's a channel climbing. 
And across the two companies, of course, there was a channel for our furry friends <laughs> where we got our daily dose of content of dogs, cats, birds, and whatever. So I think take the opportunity to look for these channels if there are any, and maybe why not start your own, right? And just put yourself out there in a way where you start talking about one topic and then here you are needing to talk to the person who was explaining cabbage to you and she would be your lead engineer for your main product release. Right. So that's the magic. The one that I feel takes a bit more energy from me because I don't know, it's it's a bit more set up admittedly, are the HR setup stuff. Like they'll put together, hey, like um, bingo, virtual bingo or virtual hangout. For me personally, it's a bit taxing because then it's a lot of individuals and we're all trying to have fun. It feels a bit forced, but Needless to say, if you have the time and the energy, go to these things. Because again, it could be a topic of conversation and just say, hey, imagine that bingo round we didn't get. <laughs> it's another topic to discuss in a very casual way. Yes, or why are we playing bingo? <laughs> why are we playing bingos? This is not the 60s, come on. <laughs> yeah, why not Kahoot, right? Kahoot's fun, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think what you're saying is, if you're working remotely, you have to find ways to express your individuality so others can get to know you beyond whatever you're doing at work and you get to know others in a similar way. And it's just like what you would have done in person, just a little more intentional, like you said. Okay, so so far we've been talking about ourselves and how we would, how we should approach all of these things. Now take the place of a person who is in the company for a long time and is now trying to work with somebody who is new or is, you know, bringing in somebody who is new. And this is something I've seen you do extremely well back when we used to work together. I mean, I remember I was new into uh, Uber at the time and you made me feel very comfortable in literally the first few hours. So how did you do that? And how should one approach this for in their own lives? I think everyone can empathize with new team members. We've all been new at some point in our careers, right? Several times, in fact. And one thing that I found very helpful was when someone sat down with me at the very early, early time of my joining and just to say that, hey, I'm going to be your buddy. This could be a formal thing, sure. But usually what I found really nice was when a person genuinely just, hey, you're new here. Let me show you around. Let me introduce you. I guess in a more formal setup, say I work in a team and there's a new team member, I would probably be that person and sit down with this new team member to give them a bit more background, a bit more context, and give them an idea of how I think their role fits into the bigger picture. I think this is particularly also important when the team or the project has been running for quite some time, right? You need to prep this person in some sense. Following that, I set up time to do an introduction with a team or with a working group. And I think in this platform, Obviously, you know, I set the tone, but ultimately it's a new team member who speaks up and it's the same coaching of, hey, talk about your background, your work background, but also maybe mention something that you're super interested in. What are you into right now? And so on. So again, using that trick of exposing areas where you can connect. And in the same chat, I think it would be good to establish how this person, again, is expected to contribute and support the rest of the team or the project. Right. Okay. Yeah, so, so speaking of project, how do you get them into the flow of the project? It's a lot of investment in this person in the early stages, which means that I've probably set up time with them 
more often than not. In my experience, for instance, getting a new team member, it was a daily catch up. It sounds taxing, but it's 15 minutes and literally it could have full content or no content at all. So it double, it's again a placeholder of just a check-in for this individual to see that they're not overwhelmed, that they're doing okay. And then on the other side of it, it could be the details of the projects to debrief and to see if there were any questions there. So what happens if similar to the difficult stakeholder question we had, let's take the other side. So this person is obviously kind of uh, new to this whole thing may not be really certain of themselves and frankly hardly any new person ever is certain of themselves so how do you make sure that they feel comfortable enough to open up and actually say what are the challenges and issues they're having versus trying to look great you know like you mentioned earlier <laughs> that's a tricky one because you could agree that everyone's different so the way you might get them to open up or to speak up will be different could be different so maybe the individuals an extrovert and all you actually have to do is ask them and they'll start <laughs> speaking and you listen but you could have an introvert where this might mean that at least for myself i would need to show some vulnerability or be vulnerable in order for them to start feeling like they can be a bit more open. Again, it's a process. It's not going to be overnight, especially if this person's new. It's going to take some time. But eventually, I think if you're able to show them that you yourself are comfortable talking about where you're not great at, what your learnings are, where you didn't do so well, this person can start realizing that hey, it's a safe space. So we've talked about peers and stakeholders and stuff. Now here's a big one. So How do you build relationships with a team when you're the manager of that team? Because in the other cases you're talking about how you get to know them, you can become lifelong friends blah blah. <laughs> But in this case, can you really become a friend or do you need to keep a distance of some kind and how do you balance the two? The answer to this question is it depends if you can be friends, right? So there's a certain level of maturity that needs to be present in both the manager and the team member to allow a friendship to coexist with the work relationship. And this maturity should allow the individuals to separate what is work and what is not. And the same maturity should allow for honest feedback if in fact the lines are starting to blur or getting crossed. Once that's realized, then it could coexist. Now, in situations where one might not have the awareness or maturity, and then you'd probably want a different approach. So, I wouldn't say distance here on it because it's important to remember that trust between two individuals, a manager and a team member doesn't have to be because of friendship. It could be because you suddenly see your manager as a mentor. Or in an analogy that's a bit more sports related, you could see the person more as a coach. But in both cases, there's trust built. But one thing remains is inherently there's some sort of like authority figure mentoring someone who's still growing and learning. So I think it depends in 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 every situation. Yeah, but I think the underlying current in what you said is around the person should feel like you have their best interest in mind, uh, and that's why arm's length kind of doesn't give that feeling. Versus what you're saying is. you can still be the authority and be perceived as that but in a in a softer authority sense like you said mentor or coach that kind of thing who's there trying to make you better and you know that and that's the basis for this whole thing so yeah so speaking of coach and mentor and stuff like that obviously a large part of the work of a manager is to 
get the best out of the individual and which means you have to give feedback and not always going to be rara cheerleading kind of stuff so how do you do that and still maintain a positive working relationship yeah feedback for me again was a process of learning as well giving it and receiving it but one thing or rather a couple of things stood out in what really worked for feedback which is they were given in a timely manner they were concise and they were very specific as well and ultimately in this feedback session if you want to call it that there was opportunity to hear from both parties and this applied for both positive and negative i think the timely part's important because you don't want to hold back feedback or observations criticisms etc and let it accumulate to the point that you lay it all out <laughs> and you overwhelm the individual and it's just a little too late giving it sooner and allowing the person to take it then and there and use it to propel their work or improve their work i think it's critical being concise is also critical because you don't want to beat around the bush and i was super guilty of this earlier i think now i realize the more straightforward the better that said you will need to ensure that your intentions come across in the words you use so straightforward doesn't mean sharp and painful words right straightforward means you choose the right words in that context and be specific you have to cite situations you can't be like you did great where <laughs> just in general how authentic does that sound how genuine does that sound it's kind of as optimistic as that manager is it just doesn't hit you as strongly as hey you hitting that by 120x that's awesome that's great motivation especially for young team members who are just starting out because you don't know what to emulate or stop doing if you don't know the example yeah <laughs> and as i mentioned earlier allow the time to really hear each other out so once feedback has been given let that stew a bit with the individual you're speaking with make sure that they know it's a safe space if they do have questions or they have anything to clarify or if they just have any feelings about it this is also the time possibly to address anything that anything negative that might come out of this session make sure that coming out of that feedback session they know that the communication line is open and that there's no judgment you're here to help them and your intention is to grow with them right so maybe before we close i have a sort of philosophical question here so in the process of working with so many stakeholders do you end up actually becoming like a vanilla version of yourself and you lose your own individuality in trying to build these relationships and actually there's a question i did want to ask you because you get along with frankly anyone so how do you think about that yeah this one's a tricky one i think to survive i would say that i could downplay who i really am just to make sure that at the start i'm just able to get work done and things are flowing i would say that like admittedly there's a survival mode where i'm just like sunny being a little a bit more forward but that said i think in parallel every interaction or connection you're making is actually again an opportunity or it brings you to introspection so if these interactions start having effects on you emotionally or mentally one thing you'll have to do is really assess that situation especially if you're doubting yourself and what you'd probably assess is one is this relationship good for me or should i actually be ruthless and say that okay this might just need to be 
uh, continued transactions because mm. this is not healthy anyway. Right. I'll get my work done with this person, done. But also, it could mean that in these difficult situations where you're exposed to new people, you're just realizing that, hey, this might be a part of me that I can learn more about and maybe improve. So it could go both ways where one is like, you really become ruthless about the people you invest in or relationships you invest in because it's just not healthy for you. And the other side is, hey, actually this relationship allowed me to learn more about myself. And in the latter, which is growing in these relationships, you come to realize that my quote unquote survival masks start to peel off. And as you get deeper into these connections, you become your fuller, more authentic selves with these individuals, whether they're workmates or individuals you meet elsewhere. We shouldn't think of this as losing our individuality, but more as in discovering or in building that relationship, we discover areas where we could improve as well. Like maybe that person's style is a style that we want to adopt or we want to you know, emulate in some way. So it gives you a, makes you maybe more well-rounded, at least as a professional. Yeah, so Maitha, thank you so much. This was all extremely insightful. So would you like to close with a few points that you think we can leave our listeners with and which maybe they can start applying from tomorrow? Again, thank you so much, Amit, for this opportunity. Our conversation, I think, has allowed me to also reflect on all the experiences and truthfully miss all our teammates. Or, But luckily, you know, again, the virtual world allows us to stay connected. But I'm hoping that one day we could all do a little reunion. Yes, maybe Kahoot and not Bingo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, to summarize, I have a few points here to start. Treat every transaction as an opportunity to connect. And because that connection could translate to any new learnings, new friends, your opportunity to grow. I would also say don't shy away too much about presenting your full authentic self, because that means you could consider revealing a bit more about yourself to really nurture and start off these connections. Relationships are investments. So investment, I've been learning a lot from Amit as well. Not every investment is the same. You have to be open to risks. You have to spend time on them. And there's no way of just doing things. But at the end, these relationships as investments will eventually pay off. Fourth point here is feedback, good or not so good. It's part of nurturing a relationship. And we need that honesty and openness to really establish the trust. And I think the final point we were touching on is really just to continue working on yourself. And because in establishing many relationships in your life, you'll realize the good about yourself and the parts that might need some work. So in the process of building relationships, you also have to be open and honest about who you are and take it from there and grow. So thanks a lot, Maitha, for joining us today. This was a pleasure as always. I really appreciate you being here. And for everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in. You'll find the show notes at crazytalk.online in case you'd like to learn more or just catch up on this entire conversation. And do remember to follow, subscribe. And if you like this episode, which I'm sure you did, please rate it five stars. And we would uh, really be really grateful for your uh, rating. So thanks a lot again, Maitha. Thank you everyone for listening. We were Maitha and Amit with Job Talk. See you next time. Bye.